hey, Scott Ritchie has seen this DeMonte Williams before. It was a long time ago. He was still in high school. But the hops that he showed on that putback dunk against Northwestern was like vintage DeMonte. And it was only a small part of what he did to help Illinois win Saturday at Northwestern. Could be one of those plays we're talking about in March. Were you there when DeMonte did that? Scott Ritchie will break down that win. He'll look ahead to Wisconsin and Indiana, and he'll offer his thoughts on snow. Come back to uh, Inside Illini Basketball after these messages. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money Radio Show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Ah, good morning, everyone. Another good weekend to talk about and a big snowstorm coming up. What are you more excited about, Scott Ritchie? I mean anything other than snow. So, let's... wow, really? Well, I don't. I don't need eighteen to twenty inches of snow, or if that's what I, I mean. Whatever's being forecast for Wednesday or Tuesday night into Thursday or whatever it is, um, I might be over winter. Like, let's bring on spring. I am over. I'm Jim Rosso, vice president of news at the News Gazette, basketball beat writer when Illinois was really good. That one season, and that's Scott Ritchie, who apparently hates snow. Uh, I figured some guy from Eureka. And probably some good sledding hills there as a youth. There are, actually, on the golf course. Are they? There's right. one that just goes straight down, and then it's a very, very short runway, and then you got to bail or you end up in the creek. Ooh, that's so exciting. It is. But, like, I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Ritchie is a professional journalist these days, doing a bang-up job on the Illinois college basketball beat. He just stood. Uh, uh, finished doing a quick story on the AP Top 25, which drops about 11 a.m. every Monday, right before this podcast. Illinois checks in at number 18 this week, so up six spots after beating uh, what was then number 10 Michigan State. They they fell three spots after that loss, and then um, also escaping Evanston on Saturday with a, a close one. But it was a win, so Illinois you know, continues its kind of up-and-down season in the AP Top 25. There's... Kind of riding the roller coaster, yeah. but they're on the, the upward trend right now uh, with a big game coming Wednesday against uh, number 11, Wisconsin, first place in the Big Ten on the line, um, and hopefully everyone can get there. We'll look ahead to that game. And again, Illinois continues to be the lowest-ranked Final Four uh, contender. It has been that way for <laughs> since the start of the season. Right? Well, not at the start, but until they started dropping those first two games early games, but there isn't a team ranked as low as Illinois that people consider a legitimate threat. Yeah, and there's a couple of reasons that they're sort of hovering in that, that bottom part of the poll or just outside of it, and one is like they just haven't had their full roster in a single game this season, and you know, Illinois with Kofi Coburn and Andre Curbelo, plus Trent Frazier, DeMato Williams, Everybody else, yeah, that team has Final Four potential. Uh, that team has not played together um, hardly at all. I mean, what 
90 seconds against Purdue, and then, you know, against Cincinnati and part of Kansas State, sure, but, like, Andre Corbello was uh, obviously still dealing with some concussion symptoms and issues there, uh, despite playing. He just wasn't himself, and they sort of figured that out in Kansas City. But So that puts a question mark on him, and it's why the, they dropped a couple questionable games and it's kind of had to grind out some others but you know the the main thing and this is why because i had them i didn't rank them last week because you lose to lost to purdue was whatever but you lose to an unranked maryland team and arguably play like the worst game of the season just from an execution standpoint it's like eh, i don't feel great about ranking them I had them at 20 this week, which is two spots, obviously, below where they wound up. But what held me back is right now Illinois is only 2-3 and three against quad one opponents. And like this time last year, this is maybe a, a statement on the Big Ten as well. It's not quite as strong as it was a year ago. But I mean, Illinois ended last season with the most quad one wins in the country. And not going not, not gonna to get there this year. So a lot of good that did. Yeah, sure. I mean, you lose in the second round to Loyola. Yeah. A misseeding, maybe, for the Ramblers. But, um, yeah, just they don't have that. The top of their resume is just not quite as good as some other teams that are, are that are being ranked ahead of them. All right, uh, Scott Reggie, AP Top 25 voter, um, all things expert. He got his prediction right, thankfully. Well, sort of. I, I predicted a, right. a you got the bigger win. win. But yeah, your prediction wasn't pretty, but it counted. Just like the said. game. Yes. I'll take it, though. I was in dire need of getting <laughs> one right. Hey, head to our website uh, if you not only want to read from Richie, but um, cool videos that our Anthony Zillis kind of syncs up with the uh, broadcast of the games. Neat stuff. We uh, took him on the road. Scott Richie took Anthony Zillis on under his wing on the road up to Evanston with all those other Illinois fans. You don't like the new Welsh Ryan, I understand. I like it. Well, I mean, I think it's fine, and it's much better than what it used to be. It used to be like playing basketball in a dungeon, um, but it, it's just, eh, it I, is what it is. I resemble that remark. I like the old Welsh Ryan. It felt like an Indiana high school to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the problem. Cause the problem? Northwestern uh, Northwestern plays in the Big Ten. <laughs> there shouldn't be Indiana high Come schools that have- Come over to Newcastle one I would say time, there should buddy. be high schools in Indiana that have a better arena than a Big Ten team, but they did. Come to Logan Sport. Come to Richmond. I know, Come on I know. over to Muncie, buddy. Some of the biggest high school arenas in the country in Indiana. <laughs> but again, they shouldn't be better than a Big Ten program's home gym. Anyway. And it's fine. Well, what I really dislike <laughs> is Northwestern's like black, gothic, horrible uniforms. You don't like anything. You don't like their growl. Well, I think it's mo- I didn't dislike it. It's just it's the same one every team with a... A cat-based well, mascot want, uses. What do you want them to do? Do you I want don't. to come up with the, like a, sn- a sn- snooty growl? No, or, just, or just don't use it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just don't do it. It's it's silly. Ed Bond um, had no problem. Our producer, Ed Bond, mind you, uh, had no problem with the growl. I mean, right. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same one Penn State uses. And then had a fellow EIU grad re- respond to me on Twitter that pretty sure it's the same one. The EIU has, but like theirs was maybe just downloaded at a, a lower quality. <laughs> All right. Illinois welcomes Wisconsin. Snow is in the forecast, uh, so who knows how many people are actually going to be at that game. If you go to the News Gazette Instagram page right now, and Facebook, I do believe as well, you can 
take a look at that 1983 game. Uh, Scott Ritchie, were you born in 1983? Let's start with that question. No. Okay, that's unfortunate. I am aware, though, of what happened. Okay. I am all for having to pull officials from the crowd because um, it may be like, hopefully, maybe there's like two actual officials, and then I want one guy that thinks he knows better to go out there <laughs> and just run the floor <laughs> with Now that's him, funny. See what it takes. In 83, uh, the refs were stuck in on I-57 somewhere. Uh, U of I professor Bob Hiltabrand coaching legend Charlie Dew and uh, Monticello principal Bill Mitz were called out of the stands. They had, like, officiated games before. Yeah. They were given striped shirts and said, hey, blow the whistles. Greatest quote ever was uh, Bruce Douglas. This is his quote, said it was the best officiated game all year. They let us play. (laughs) I think you get that same reaction if... uh, I mean, if, if the, Tom Kasich is brought out of the stands on Wednesday night, I, if it's Tom, that's great for us. <laughs> I mean, that's a great story. Um, the way Illinois fans have really just been at the, the the proverbial throats of the Big Ten officials, I think they'd welcome a change of pace. Um, and I, I can't say like, and again, I don't really get into the blaming wins and losses on the officiating, but there have been some bad calls on maybe too consistent of a basis. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Dr. Ed Hightower has been present at a number of Big Ten games. I've, he was, I've seen him, well, he was at Northwestern on Saturday, and uh, he's been at State Farm Center as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, obviously, former Big Ten official, maybe he's... Uh, Doing a little scouting. You don't think it's just the fans' uh, natural reaction is to complain about? Well, I mean, that is fans' natural reaction. But, I mean, I feel like I've got maybe a not okay. quite as biased eye. And there's some there's some questionable things. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Interesting. Uh, Illinois has, has Wisconsin, which continues to confound experts by winning games despite a roster that does not impress. Well, they have a player that impresses. Like okay. Johnny Davis has dragged that team to. I mean, they're seventeen and three, uh, tied eight and two with Illinois at the top of the Big Ten, and like the predictive metrics wouldn't the what the the analytics the what predictive metrics. Say hmm. it again, predictive metrics. There you go. Wouldn't, Before I even asked for it, I'm getting it. Well, I'm just saying they. Wisconsin isn't ranked on them in a way that you'd think they would be 17-3, and three, but they just keep beating well, mostly everyone, but also good teams. I mean, they've got a number of really notable wins. They're 7-3 and three right now against quad one opponents, so sort of, I mean, five more quad one wins than Illinois has. Um, so they just keep winning. And, again, Johnny Davis. Uh, you take him off the team, and mm, I think uh, Wisconsin – might be middle of the pack, Big Ten, maybe. Don't have a lot after that. All right, so sounds like you're going to pick the Badgers in Wednesday's print editions of your News Gazette that you may not be able to see because we may not be able to deliver it, but you can get the E-edition and read it as if it's the print. Yeah, and then everything online, on HQ.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, have not decided. Okay. Don't pick the Badgers. All right, I'm trying to save you just a little <laughs> here, Scotty. I'm like... I'm Ed Hightower watching you is yeah. what I am. Okay. Um, we'll see. I, 
you'd think by Wednesday that Andre Curbelo would have cleared the health and safety protocols. I mean, what else can go wrong for that kid? Um, which would be important, I think. A full-strength Illinois, I don't think there's a question that I would consider them a better team than Wisconsin. Um, Kofi's return, obviously, is also important. They don't win at Northwestern if he hadn't cleared, you know, concussion protocol. Really, the, you know, on Friday to be able to practice and then Saturday to get the final okay, it was like, okay, the practice didn't, you know, exacerbate anything so you can go. I mean, they don't win without him. All right. Uh, does it seem like they're playing all the good teams at home? Or is that just me? Illinois. It seems like every first Big t- Big Ten battle for first place is at home and makes me worry for the rest of February. Yeah, well, I mean, there's maybe just a few more road games. My yeah. advanced metrics indicate that Purdue, Michigan State, and now Wisconsin have visited here the, before Illinois has visited them. That's, those are my metrics. Well, that's that stretches the definition <laughs> of metric, but Illinois is not actually going to play Wisconsin. In Madison, no return <laughs> game this year, but they do have some tough road games coming up um, this weekend at Indiana, um, then at Purdue on now February eighth. That game was moved up two days. Um, at Michigan State later in February, I mean at Rutgers as well. Where Rutgers at? Don't please at the rack. Please the trapezoid just, of terror at Jersey Mike's Arena as they've unfortunately named it now, um, but also at Michigan. At the end of February, so yeah, there's some tough road games coming. Okay, and the the return game of you know Purdue, Michigan State, Michigan. Okay, uh, Lauren Tate, uh, our esteemed Hall of Famer, mind you, uh, on Sunday had an interesting column. I thought, no offense to your writing, oh. but he uh, he caught my eye with his column on um, how important I guess winning the Big Ten is to a fan base that is now. You know, becoming accustomed to good things. He heart, he took us back to the Bill Self era. I, I used to cover the team back then. When the Big Ten, winning the Big Ten was neat, right? Brought out uh, fans to the airport. But as when you got better, it meant less. And I think we're at that point. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. I think just based, maybe this might be a this year thing, based off of last season where they – thought that they should have had at least a share. You know, Josh Whitman wrote a strongly worded letter to the Big Ten saying, fix this. Although he had previously, you know, agreed to the way that they were going to determine the Big Ten champion. Um, so I think you know, this year a, a regular season Big Ten title still does matter. And it wasn't that long ago that only wasn't very good. It was finishing in the bottom four of the Big Ten on a regular basis. Yes, that trend has has changed you know, from you know, the 2019-20 season where you know, it got wiped out, but that was the beginning of this good stretch of Illinois basketball. But also, it's, the Big Ten title is one thing they don't have yet. I mean, they got a tournament title last year, so I think it, I think it matters still a little bit. Now, if they maintain this high level of play, then... Maybe it doesn't carry as much weight, and NCAA tournament success means more because they don't have that yet either. But, yeah, again, it wasn't that long ago that Elmo was playing on Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament, and 
going home on Wednesday of the Big Ten tournament. So um, I think maybe maybe one more year. Okay. I'll buy that, actually, Scott Rich. You just convinced me. You changed my mind. I was agreeing with Lauren Tate when I read it on Sunday. That Yeah, he makes a good point here. It'd be nice to win the Big Ten, but how about a run? How about a Final Four run? Those yeah, and I mean, that holds here. a lot of weight, too, but I, th- I still think you know, a Big Ten title. Yeah. I mean, getting, honestly, if you even go back the last few years, like, it's a question like, who remembers the Big Ten champion? Or, I mean, because like that 2019-20 season, you know, Illinois you know, finished fourth. It was a three-way tie for first, but, I mean, who can name the three teams that tied for first? I mean, I can. It was Michigan State, Maryland, and Wisconsin, but. Sure. You think about, um, uh, and he listed some teams that have not won an NCAA title. There's some Big Ten kind of blue bloods in there. Purdue, Illinois, Iowa. Yeah, teams that have, interesting, <laughs> that have interesting been stuff. there, but it's been a long time for some of them. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, the Big Ten, just as a whole, you know, its last title is still that 2000 crazy. Michigan State team. And before that, 1989. It's so, crazy. So that's what, I mean, that's two Big Ten national champions in my lifetime. You apologize to Bob Knight right now, Scott Ritchie, because this wasn't a problem when he was doing his <laughs> work at Indiana. All right? <laughs> Don't think we I weren't just... complaining. It's been so many years since the Big Ten won anything. It has been. Like, I'm well, in my we mid... weren't back then. I'm in my mid-30s. We weren't back then. And I don't remember 89 because I was two. And I mean, I do remember that Michigan State team. I enjoyed that team. Mateen Cleaves, Morris Peterson, yeah. a lot of fun. But it's been NCAA tournament, just some heartbreak, some yep. just really bad play. It's crazy to think um, Tom Izzo, of all the success he's had, to think he's won once. And it was back then. Yeah, it was two I mean, they were a ago. Final Four regular for a, for a while, even. And they just couldn't, much like the Atlanta Braves during that run, they just never could quite get over that last home. Yeah. And then the weird seasons were some of his best teams. Like, I mean, the Denzel Valentine, I guess it was senior year, they lose to Middle Tennessee State in the first round. Like, there's too much, there's more of that for the Big Ten than, like, making these Elite Eight Final Four runs. You know what that makes? It makes for a joyous occasion when Illinois finally does win it all. I can't imagine the scene. Uh, there was uh, Alex Rue, our our former news gazetter, had an interesting uh, video from Cam's on Saturday, showing the fans uh, at, the, at the college level enjoying the win against Northwestern of all people. But just think, if that day comes. Last year, I remember the the students stormed the alma mater when they won the Big Ten tournament title. They stormed it. It was threatened. <laughs> well, I think there's enough respect for, for Alma that they weren't going to tear it down. And tons. And <laughs> yeah. weight. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Not a, not a goalpost that you can just rip down easily. Um, yeah, it could be crazy. Yeah. Might happen this year. Who knows? Could. We won't know until it either does or doesn't. <clears throat> but, I mean, just this sort of rem- – trigger this in my, in my memory, but, like, you know, last week the McDonald's All-Americans were announced. Mm-hmm. And none of this year's McDonald's All-Americans are going to the Big Ten. And so right. I went back and looked through the last five, six years. Very 
very small number of McDonald's All-Americans winding up in the Big Ten. Most have gone to Indiana, uh, Trace Jackson Davis, Romeo Langford, Thomas Bryant, or Michigan State, Miles Bridges, Jaron Jackson, Max Christie uh, last year. Um, so I don't know if that, yeah. if that means much, but of the players that are considered the elite talent in each recruiting class, they're going elsewhere and going to the conferences that maybe win these national titles. Well, you got three at Michigan this year, and you got the, an NIT team if they are able to stay at 500. So there is your answer to that. It doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's finding the right players. Sure, the McDonald's list is. I those, guess, are, those are good players. The indicator. Yeah. I mean, Caleb Houston. But you, it's getting better. But you scratch it. You saw Max Christie, the a total non-factor here. You know, yeah. so there there are freshmen who can play as freshmen, and then there's freshmen who maybe sometimes can play. Yeah. There still is a an adjustment level for a lot of these kids. In in defense of Max Christie, who the Orange Crush just eviscerated last week, he mm-hmm. did bounce back, have a good game against mm-hmm. Michigan. Right, showed a little fire. But yeah, it's it's just it was just an interesting like. When the list came out, I was like, none of these guys I'm going to see next year in the Big Ten. So I went back and looked at them. I was just surprised by the num- the number, and it was a small number. What else uh, stuck out over the weekend? Purdue with a uh, nail-biter. Yeah. I mean, Jaden Ivey hit a huge three to beat Ohio State. and I mean, Ohio State made that a game. I mean, it was not close there for a little while. Um, but... It's just it's Jaden Ivey's an interesting case because like just his just pure numbers, just like the numbers that you like points, rebounds. Assists. Thank you, my kind of guy. They're they're good. Can't argue that that, but they're just they're like not as high as like a Johnny Davis or a Keegan Murray, just because as good as Jaden Ivey is, his usage is low because they've got two rather big gentlemen in the post that they run a lot of offense through. So, like, Jaden Ivey, I don't know, like, that he'll wind up in, like, that final National Player of the Year conversation, but on a different team, probably would, just because his numbers, <clears throat> in theory, would, would be would be better. Not that they're bad. But that's going to be a tough one coming up for Illinois um, on February 8th, just going to Mackey. And what's something to prove, though, because mm-hmm. it took – you know, double overtime for Purdue to knock off Illinois, and that was with Kofi in foul trouble and probably partially concussed by Zach Eady's elbows. Some of the best uh, wins in Illinois uh, title seasons come at Mackey, I would argue. It's a good place to motivate the guys, plus to get to eat at the beef house on the way there, get a belly full of steak and rolls. It doesn't sound like a great idea. Let's go run (laughs) up and down the court for 40 minutes. That's the day before, mind you. It's not the pregame meal, Scott Ritchie. They get there the night before, hang out the Radisson, get, like, pasta then, right? Fruit, stuff like that. Just imagine, like, (laughs) playing 40 minutes after loading up at the beef house. That just sounds awful. All right. uh, uh, Coach Underwood threw a fit. Leading up to the Northwestern game, about Trent Frazier's snub on the uh, defensive list. Well-timed, I guess. I mean, he was making some rather pointed comments about the people that Mm -hmm. are on the 
committee or whatever that decides that. Basically calling the, I mean, he didn't use this word, but he basically called them morons. He texted me later and used the same phrase regarding the News Gazette coverage sometimes, the, the prediction record. Yeah, I um, don't. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like, Trent's doesn't have a lot of steals. Doesn't, I mean, he's 6'1", so he doesn't block a lot of shots. But the, and to Underwood's point, the guys that he guards typically have a really tough time of it. And then, you know, Saturday he's on Boo Booey almost all the game, holds him scoreless in the first half, and you know, he winds up with nine points, but super inefficient. And, you know, the things that Trent does well defensively, I mean, can't screen him. Like, he just he's quick enough and knows enough about basketball that he just he fights through all of those and sticks with his man. Um yeah, but that's not a steal or whatever, and you don't get credit for that in the box score. So and we'll see. I mean, Big Ten defensive player of the year is still on the table. I mean, that hasn't been decided yet. And if it happens, that's great for Trent. If it doesn't, that's maybe great for us because Brad Underwood might lose it. <laughs> I like that. All right, uh, I'm curious to see if Trent cracks your top three, your weekly power poll. He didn't have a great offensive night uh, Saturday. Did it cost him? We'll find out right now. Right now. Uh, well, number one, welcome back, Kofi Coburn, at the t- tippy top of the list. Um, yeah, I think he was left off last week, and again, that was another late-night text I received. From, from, from Kofi. From Kofi, yeah. okay. Well, he so didn't who, bring... Who's he, the idiot? On your podcast. He didn't bring it up on Saturday, so he must have forgiven me. Um, <laughs> Kofi's number one. Uh, number two, uh, the unheralded, except for by Brad Underwood, DeMonte Williams. Mm. I just I can't get over that putback dunk All right. he had at Northwestern. I haven't seen him do that in seven years. Like He was a high school junior, I think, the last time Like I saw hops like that from him. Um. Nine rebounds, defended Chase Audige and Pete Nance, so it's a 6'4 dude and a 6'10 dude. Um, it's a really good game, even though he scored, like, what, four points, five points? Uh, and then number three, Trent Frazier. Go ahead, do it. Give me your metrics, give me your data, your useless information it's... that you guys your age... Stay up at night. It's far from useless. Calculating, digesting, trying to make sense of it all. I think it just it helps tell a different side of the story. Helps you un- understand maybe better how teams are winning or losing. We'll go with one one metric this week that maybe. Tells you why Illinois won both of its games. So after just a atrocious defensive performance at Maryland, second worst of the season from an adjusted defensive efficiency standpoint. Illinois had two of its best against Michigan State and Northwestern. And adjusted defensive efficiency, like so the numbers are or 79.3 against Michigan State, 78.9. And that's based on like how many points per 100 possessions a team will score, adjusted for a number of factors, whether it's home game, 
the opponent, that math gets even too advanced for me. Maryland is at 110. That shows you the, the difference between mm. the defensive execution and efficiency from week to week. So that's all That's all I'm going to use. You, you don't want any more. I'm oh, please continue. drastically aware of that. Scott, please. I, I've got my maker's mark saddled next to me right now just to try to get me through this segment. <laughs> just took a big old swig. I feel better. So you're I, telling I me don't, I don't. <laughs> they played better but defense you know who, like, you fine know, and dandy. You know who really looks at all of this? Please. The, the Illinois coaching staff. <laughs> I bet they do. It, it's okay. Like Brad Underwood uses these things. Really? A lot. Okay. Yeah. That's why I try to understand them. Uh, Coach Underwood had another fun post game. <laughs> Entrance, I guess, into the locker room as their social media machine over at the program showed us. I mean, it's just sort of become his right thing is the run in and go nuts. Yeah. Do you think some games when he's like, dang, we we are lucky. We did not play well. Someone's got him prepping outside the locker room. Remember, Coach, we got a video to make. <laughs> Fake it, buddy. Uh, those are probably the, the games where there is no – Video of the the locker room storm. Um, you don't think he just musters up a an academy like performance every now and then when he's really like, I don't want to do this. These guys played awful. Why am I going in there looking happy, Coach? You have to. There's a video to be made. Yeah, I have to circulate it. I'd be interested in the the video that wasn't released from the Maryland game because yeah. Seems like he was in the locker room a long time after that one. Mm-hmm. Didn't wind up on post game radio. Right. Jeff Alexander filled in there. Um, so I'm just curious, maybe what, right. what that one was like. If there was a trash can that was drop kicked. Hmm. Interesting. We need to go behind. Someone needs to tell us if there's coaching for the coach. If he's if he she gets prompts told, like, at the yeah, locker room here's, door. Here's what you should say. Here's who you should hug. <laughs> Someone helping him. You know, he's he's focused on the game. Yeah. Or I, I'm trying to think which game it was. It might have been you know, Nebraska. Um, apparently, you know, Omar Payne had a great game. Mm-hmm. He goes in there, and Coleman Hawkins played pretty well as well. Right. And Underwood goes in there. I guess he kissed Omar on the top of his head. Okay. And then Coleman's like, Said like he came for him next, so like I wasn't gonna get kissed on. <laughs> Keep your lips to yourself, coach. Yeah, so that was just a little fun right. moment. Well, I'd be interested. They beat Wisconsin on Wednesday. It'll certainly be a, a neat post game scene. Big game, big week uh, for Illinois. The Indiana game is a little trickier. I'm kind of happy it starts at noon Indiana time. You know, I don't mind because it's a at nasty all. foul crowd if given a couple beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, it's one of my favorite venues in the Big Ten, mm-hmm. just because it's so unique. It is unique, and I mean the fans are like on top of the action. Like the ones that are close are like way on, right on top of it, and then because the pitch of the seats on either side is essentially vertical, like even when you're at the top, like you're just almost over the court. It's a, an interesting building. It is. I would encourage anybody who has not been there for a basketball game give it a try one time in your lifetime. It is a, an experience. And having all those banners waving every now and then makes a little bit of a difference, too. Just uh, set the scene. But that will be a big one. 
Um, I fully expect a 2-0 prediction record from you, Scott Ritchie. I don't want to put any pressure on you, but, you know, there's some chatter in the newsroom. That you're starting. (laughs) (laughs) Can you say there's chatter in the newsroom when it's you doing the chattering? There seems to be a little pressure building is what I'm saying. Are you just going to really take my prediction (laughs) rights away? And I'm thinking you would gladly accept that. One less thing on your plate to deal with. Yeah, and then again every Monday <laughs> as the the rehashing of how I did. All right, Scott Richie, what am I missing? Because we got to get going. I mean, I don't think I think we hit on all of the, the yeah. necessary topics, and just you know, fingers crossed for Wednesday that uh, fans can safely make it out to the game. All right, that's Scott Richie every morning six a.m. AlliniHQ.com. Good morning, Alina Nation. It's gold. It's stuff you won't find in your print editions. Unique online-only content. Give them a listen. How about that? Thank you, Edmond. Thank you, Scott Ritchie. We will talk to you next Monday.